Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Paul Noble with Ferrison. Welcome, Paul. Hey, Lee. Great to be back. Well, I am excited to get caught up. For those who don't know, tell us a little bit about Verison. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so we uh, work in the supply chain. Uh, we're a supply chain software company, and we focus on materials intelligence. So we help simplify all the complexities that are going on for mostly Fortune 1000 manufacturers and their suppliers so that they can trust that they have what they need where they need it, when they need it for the perfect balance of capital and risk. Which sounds like an important job in today's chaotic times. I guess the timing is perfect for you guys, right? Yeah, it has, it has been uh, over the last 24 to 36 months, quite a, quite a roller coaster for our customers and partners. Um, and one that we're excited that we were developing the solution prior to and have been able to do our part to help minimize the chaos as much as possible. And I think that, you know, as we continue to look ahead of what's coming next 12 to 24 months and, and beyond, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of new, new things that'll be kind of introduced as challenges, you know, and, what, and ones that uh, we're excited to continue to develop and expand and grow to, to help alleviate those pressures for the global supply chain. Now, for the folks who aren't as kind of deep in the weeds as you guys are, can you share a little bit about when you talk about supply chain, can you just give us kind of a, a one-on-one explanation of what that means and um, and some of the complexity that you're helping deal with? Yeah, so we focus specifically in the material space. So these are materials that organizations need to run their operations and you know make sure that manufacturing facilities and warehouses and things of this that nature can function appropriately from an asset perspective as well as um, as we've talked about before earlier this year moving into all right what does that mean for what do i need to build my product so every organization is tasked with all right what do i need to actually build the product where do i get it from and how do I get it there once I place an order? And so there's a lot of variables on where you're sourcing, um, how you're sourcing, when you're sourcing, and, and what availability there is for those materials. What do I inventory? And there's a lot of analysis and scenarios that need to be run there. And so it's a challenge from organization to organization on how they wrap their arms around what you know what's going on across you know, a global supply chain that kind of goes from start to finish on getting 
you know, making their products and then delivering to their customers. And then each uh, organization has a different philosophy when it uh, comes to how am I going to get the next step in this process? Like, am I going to have a warehouse filled with these and then I can use them when I need them? Or am I going to use kind of the transportation and logistics as my warehouse and I'll just get it right when I need it? And do you help manage through all of that as well? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So there's... There's always been, you know, this uh, this challenge of, all right, do I keep as little as possible so I don't have to buy extra warehouse space and inventory more than I need for a longer period of time than I need it? Or to alleviate risk, do I, you know, boost inventories? And that, that happened a lot during the pandemic because it's been traditionally either or what we're trying to allow organizations um, to accomplish is, you know, overcome their system challenges, overcome their process challenges, and overcome the people challenges, you know, in and across, in and across the organization to make sure that they can, you know, invest in what they need to fulfill production and orders and things of that nature and keep assets up and running without the uncertainty of overpaying for it and insurance policy or, being left uh, stocked out or with downtime, not producing product. So it's a, it's a pretty um, challenging uh, problem and one that, you know, by wrapping your arms around, you know, the data that's flowing through all of these organizations and understanding it in, in a simpler and uh, more scalable way, which is what we provide for our customers, um, helps dramatically uh, be able to pull whatever lever you need at any given time without having to react and be a lot more predictive and proactive in that approach. And this is kind of a very fragile game of musical chairs, right? Like if mm-hmm. if I guess wrong, I could be sitting in a warehouse full of last year's fashion items that aren't yeah. going to be sold, or if I um, play it in the wrong way in the other direction, I might have all this demand that I don't, can't fulfill, and then I'm out of business from that standpoint. So it's it's very uh, fragile, the relationships, mm-hmm. but they're all playing together in order to be successful. And um, that's why your technology is is trying to help them be as effective and efficient as possible, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a it's a it's a delicate dance between you know what you're what you're able to control and what you know your suppliers control and what just you know the general supply of um, these materials, whether they're widgets or raw materials or ingredients for something. Um, one one little hiccup can can throw off an entire product, and I think we've seen that with automobiles and and other shortages for um, key elements um, that go into products and so whatever you can do to to you know find where the bones are buried so to speak and be able to surface that intelligence out of the data so you can make more accurate decisions across procurement and operations and finance and reliability and all these folks that are working on different parts of the same problem, uh, the better off you'll be in terms of eliminating surprises. 
Now, is there an opportunity to leverage artificial intelligence in this space to really um, become more efficient? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is that is how we do all of this, right? So, um, as we've talked about previously, and you know what, we don't use AI or ML or you know any of the the technology buzzwords just just to say them or just to use them. I mean, they, they are they enable our ability to, and what you're seeing a lot in supply chain is purpose built software products that can plug in and remove a lot of the uncertainty and heavy lifting of manual processes and start connecting and supporting people um, so that you can combine, combine the knowledge of the two. And so how we use it is being able to essentially use what they call natural language processing and be able to read things and tell if, you know, I call this material this, my supplier calls it that, their supplier calls it this, but they're really the same thing or interchangeable with one another because as a whole, people are still naming these things across systems like SAP and it just gets uh, untenable in terms of what data is flowing through what system. So we essentially can understand that in its natural language and then drive outcomes. So these models work together so that we can drive the business outcomes that people care about. And they don't care that we use AI, but it's important to how we deliver the business outcomes that matter. Well, I mean, communication is difficult, you know, with people that speak the same language in the same office. Uh, imagine how right. it is across cultures and countries and oceans yeah. uh, to all get on the yeah. same page when it comes to saying widget widget A means the same thing across all of those languages yeah. and cultures rather than I call it this, you call it that, and then you think right. you have a lot and I don't think you have any. Right, exactly. Now we 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 talk about that with our with our customers and partners that you know it's everyone up until this you know up until recently their solution was like oh we need to control the naming and put in rules of how we're naming different things in and across the system and governance and certainly that's important but we've we've seen over the past few decades and obviously highlighted over the last few years that that's not a solution to the problem. It's just, you know, it's a Band-Aid, so to speak. So rather, you wouldn't necessarily tell everyone in your organization that you couldn't say hello, you have to say hi, or, you know, however, whatever their language of greeting someone. So why would you do anything different and tell them you have to name this something in your system, or you have to call it this or call it that, when someone's inherently going to circumvent those rules and call it what they'd like, and then make it challenging to understand what's what and what's where. Right. And you're asking, that's a big lift for everybody to, you know, get on one page rather than let's just meet everybody where they are and, and yeah. let's let the technology do the lifting. Yeah. Way too much change management in that scenario. And that's what we've seen. And that's why, you know, a big part of why we're experiencing the problems that we are, it's lack of trust, lack of uncertainty. And when we, when we, when it comes down to it, you know, that's what we provide for our customers um, and partners is trust that you'll have what you need for the perfect balance of capital and risk. 
now and then you can execute upon that intelligence so that technology uh you feel is a large part that's what's taking you to this new milestone over two billion in managed inventory absolutely yeah and we keep adding to that and expanding this experience again to you know now outside of challenges we are also seeing people shortages, labor shortages. And so what we're working to do is expand on the experience um, for our customers where we can pass the baton to a partner to help them execute more effectively where they don't have enough people to do it in a more traditional way um, with some of the things that we surface. And so by simplifying this and being able to drive value quickly and in a scalable way, We've continued to grow our presence in and across organizations and obviously new organizations and new partners that serve our customers in a different way adjacently. And so we've seen a lot of growth in terms of what we're supporting and managing. And we're going to continue to see that grow, you know, and double over the next uh, year um, and beyond. Now, are you still um, seeing Atlanta playing a vital role as part of this um, supply chain city, I guess, yeah. that initiative that we've been trying to brand ourselves as? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, we continue to see more and more organizations look to Atlanta for, you know, all of all of the support from a technology and uh, subject matter expert perspective a great place to do business. Um, and so we continue to see really great startups emerge in different, different parts of the supply chain from logistics to, um, you know, to procurement services and on down the line. And, um, you know, I think we, we've been meeting recently, I think, uh, a story you may have covered Georgia tech was just granted with the largest grant as a part of the build back better program to invest in AI um, in manufacturing uh, projects and research, um, which I think is solely a testament of the great work that's being done here in the metro Atlanta area. Now, um, how do you view Atlanta regarding this supply chain kind of center of influence that we're becoming? Um, What are some of the things you wish we had more of? Yeah. um, Well, certainly I know that there's, there is a lot of talent here. We would we would love to continue to see uh, people, you know, relocate to the area and become part of you know the many businesses that use or provide um, services. I think there's been a growing, growing opportunity um, and move, you know positive movement in capital that's available for you know where we were a couple of years ago. Um, in terms of getting seed capital and, you know, and early stage capital for new technologies and people that want to start businesses um, that can help solve really big problems. Um, I think those are a couple things that come to mind right away. Now, uh, when it comes to talent, is that something that you're and everybody in this space is just really hungry for, that there's just not as many talented folks as you need right now? Yeah, I think it's one thing, and uh, one thing we look at is, you know, I think one 
the the positive of supply chain kind of being in the news is that it's you know a more fun problem to work on for very talented engineers and data engineers and data scientists and you know a lot of folks that could do anything in any sector right i think we're seeing a lot more um individuals uh say well this is this is time that i can invest and join a company that can really make a difference in the world. Um, so I think that's changed and that helps um, from a, that, you know, what remains a, still a very competitive uh, talent environment, people environment, even with a lot of the news that you've seen on, in terms of companies downsizing, it's still pretty competitive when you come down to some of those core technologist types of uh, roles and um, I think now it's going to help the supply chain area to be able to, uh, you know, recruit and attract that this is a, a fun problem that affects, you know, billions of people every day. But is it something that you're seeing younger people at an earlier age consider, uh, you know, supply chain logistics? This isn't your grandfather's supply yeah. chain and logistics. <laughs> you know, this is a different no, world no. now. This isn't, yeah. you know, warehouses. and I mean, it has warehouses and forklifts, but those might be run by robots and uh, <laughs> there might not be a human yeah. in the building. So it's not what it used to be. And, and maybe there's a kind of a, a perception that isn't the reality for young people that are considering this. Yeah, no, I think, uh, no, great point. You know, things are shifting. Jobs are shifting. Um, but we see a lot more um, interest. We, you see a lot more programs that are growing in the supply chain management space um, as, a, as a concentration and even majors, right? And I think that I look back, I was having a conversation uh, with Tim Brown at Georgia Tech, and I was like, I didn't even know to go into supply chain when I was you know, entering school and wish I could have. And I think it's great that there's a lot more visibility and opportunity for that to be, um, you know, an, in, an intentful pursuit for a young adult uh, entering uh, undergraduate or graduate programs and entering the workforce, that that's something they want to do that can, you know, be a great career. Well, you recently um, secured your $25 million for a Series B. What is it that you need more of um, to kind of keep this expansion and growth going? Um, are you hiring right now? Is there something we could be doing to help you? What, how can we help you? Yeah, so certainly always looking to connect with uh, great customers and partners. And, you know, it's still a pretty uncertain and challenging environment. Um, we've been able to continue to grow and serve serve those customers. Um, with that, um, we are always looking for great people in and across a lot of different functions, especially in the in the technology function here. And so, if you're interested in some of the things we've been talking about here today, whether you're a practitioner, a technologist, or could potentially you know, remove some angst and uncertainty from your day to day. We'd love to talk to you in any of those capacities, and uh, you know, should be should be a lot of fun uh, moving ahead. So, what's the website? What's the best way to get a hold of you or somebody on the team? 
Yeah, we can, you can always reach out to uh, via the website, verison.com. Um, I think we're at verison underscore AI on most of the uh, social channels. Um, and then you can always, you know, reach out directly to me at paul at verison.com. And that's verison, V-E-R-U-S-E-N.com. Correct. Well, Paul, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee. Always great to be on and I uh, appreciate your support. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 